Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment. He is protesting high gas prices today. <laughs> That's it. Actually, no, he needs to. He's taken out a second mortgage to afford filling up the tank. Yeah. Uh, gas prices hit another record high, and the Biden administration doesn't know what to do about it, so they're just lying and passing blame around, which is pretty much the MO of this entire administration. And before, you know, the trolls come out, when the president doesn't set all the gas, meh, 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 meh. No, I, I, I am keenly aware that the president of the United States, as Pete Boot Edge Edge put it the other day, I'm keenly aware that he does not have a dial in the Oval Office. However, you need to know that there are actually things that the Biden administration could be doing and pushing for, by the way. This would be an act of Congress, but why isn't he out there saying, hey, we need to repeal the gas tax? Yeah. For right now. That's 18 yeah. cents a gallon right off the top. Mm-hmm. I know right now if you're staring down the barrel of 550 a gallon or whatever, then it doesn't really matter. Or, you know, 18 cents isn't a whole lot. But for me personally, I'll take whatever I can get. Well, 18 cents is 18 cents headed in the right direction. Right. I mean, and, anything to stop the hemorrhaging right now. Holy crap, man. And, Every day it changes. Right. And then it's just deregulation, deregulation, deregulation. Okay? I know you guys want to blame the oil companies. Oh, they're so greedy. Blah, 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 blah. No. Make it, easier. Make it easier for them. Actually put the onus on them. Say, hey, look, we've cleared out all of this red tape. And then if the oil and gas companies don't go drilling, they don't go producing at a higher rate, then you can demonize them, and you'd be right in doing so. But when you're still actively standing in the way of that entire industry while people are really uh, struggling because of high fuel prices, which we know cascades down into uh, the cost of things at the grocery store and whatever, uh, until you're willing to actually do something about this, I don't want to hear you talk about the oil and gas industry. One thing you mentioned, I don't know, this a couple of weeks ago you mentioned this, and I did a little research on it, and it's absolutely true. When you start talking about the executive branches and how that relates, you talk about oil supply yeah. and the perception of U.S. future oil drilling. Yeah. These guys weren't investing in anything. Oh, no. What? You're telling me you want to run me out of business. You, you, The, the Defense Act now is to g- grab solar panels and make more of them to create more of those. Yeah. And, and it, it, so why in the hell am I going to throw a bunch of money at something, an exploration, that may or may not be viable in two years? Right. I'm it, not going to. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I mean, No, because you've told them what, exactly what you're going to do. You've telegraphed it. Well, you think about it. If, if you think that the city's going to come in and bulldoze your house, are you going to bother mowing the front lawn? No. No. Of course you're not. No, right. Whatever, I'm, man. I'm collecting junk cars as I speak. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre was asked what the president is thinking about doing, uh, and here's what she had to say. So everything's on the table, as you heard us you heard us say the last couple of weeks. But I- no, not everything is on everything the table. Everything is on the table. You're right. You, you have you've been saying that, but it isn't true. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. I do want to say, you look, you know, if you look at um, uh, what happened when Putin started amassing troops on the border oh. with Russia, the price of gas yeah. 
has increased by a dollar and fifty one cents and uh, and I also want to add because this is really important so that people understand and flag that similar issues are happening around the world in the oh, EU God. gas is eight dollars and fifteen cents per gallon and has increased by one dollar and seventy four cents in Germany gas is eight dollars and eighty eight cents per gallon it has increased two dollars and sixteen cents in Canada gas is six dollars and twenty three cents per gallon and has increased one dollar and ninety three cents and all of this has happened since since December of 2021. This is to your point, Phil, uh, which is... Okay. All this has happened since December 2021. Yep. And that's all Putin's fault. Yes. Why is it that gas prices have doubled, almost doubled, mm-hmm. since the time Joe Biden came into office? Like that, there, mm. there are reasons why gas is more expensive in Europe and has been for years, and, and part of that comes down to they are more reliant on foreign source, uh, sources of petroleum. Mm-hmm. They just are. They don't have the Gulf of Mexico to tap. They don't have Alaska. They don't have all the offshore drilling and uh, and the drilling opportunities within the United States. They don't have that. So they are reliant more on foreign imports of oil and gas. Um, in the United States, one of the reasons why we have enjoyed lower prices historically than Europe is because we do have access to those resources. Now, again, one of the other reasons why in the EU uh, gas is so expensive is because when you look at it, U.S. dollar per gallon, they generally sell it in liters, but um, if you look at it, they're, they're charging uh, between $1.50 and $2.50 a gallon on taxes. Right. So that's another reason why gas is so expensive. So it doesn't make any sense to say, well, gas is expensive in France. Well, it's always expensive in France. This is the... This is the uh Social media argument. Open your eyes. This is a worldwide problem. Yeah. Well, it is a worldwide problem. And if you want to say that the invasion of Ukraine has played into that, you can. Sure. And there's some truth to that. But the reality is, is what are we doing about it as a nation and what we're not doing about it? Ask yourself that question. We have all the tools. We They keep talking about tools in the toolbox. toolbox. We have all the tools we need here in the United States of America. I realize we have tools, David, but how about levers? Do we have yeah, those? We, we got levers galore. We got levers, too? Wow. We got levers go. all over the place. Levers you, and tools. You yes. can't drive through West Texas without tripping over levers of all kinds, all right? There you go. So, there you let, go. so let's Thank go. You. Let's I, make I, this happen. Mm-hmm. But right now... The Democrats are just saying, oh, nothing we can do. Uh, Putin's price hike, blah, 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 blah. Nobody's believing it. Nobody should believe it. Uh, By the way, today, a hearing over oil and gas, Michigan Democrat uh, Senator uh, Debbie Stabenow has revisited the idea that we always love to hear, which is uh, just buy an electric vehicle. Here's what she said. I'd have to say just on the issue of uh, uh, gas prices, after waiting for a long time uh, to have enough chips in this country to finally get my electric vehicle, I got it uh, and drove it from Michigan to here uh, this last weekend and went by every single gas station. It didn't matter how high it was. And so I'm looking forward to the opportunity for us to move to vehicles that aren't going to be dependent on the um, whims of the oil companies and the uh, international markets okay yeah just 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 buy a fifty thousand dollar vehicle like me debbie stabenow yeah i didn't have to worry about it really is that really a viable option for a majority of americans because it's not 
No, you know, it isn't. I look at no. the. I have two cars. My my wife drives one. I drive one. Uh, the average cost of a Tesla is more than the combined value of both of my vehicles. So I'm not wow. buying one of those at any point in the near future. And somebody who is worried about making ends meet, who is dipping into savings or, or using the credit card just to go to the grocery store right now, is in a financial position to buy a Tesla or any electric vehicle. And so, I I, I mean, it actually is stunning, this let-them-eat-cake mentality that they seem to have about all of this. Well, just go buy an electric car. Well, that's not an option for most Americans. That's very elitisty. I mean, it really it is. is. I mean, this... I, again, I go back. I, I think about this all the time, looking at our current situation, how upside down everything is. I think about my dad was a dyed-in-the-wool Democrat, union guy, Democrat, Harry Truman. I grew up listening about Harry, how great Harry Truman was, JFK, even up to Bill Clinton. I mean, these guys, they had a set of values that the Democratic Party reflected. Everything went upside down all of a sudden. The Republicans now seem to be the, the working man's party. And the Democrats are this elitist group of people lecturing us about buying cars that don't run on gasoline. Yeah. Electric vehicles, lecturing us on where to live, lecturing us on what we can buy and not buy. It's incredible. Well, and the one thing I don't that that I I really don't understand is they say, well, I look forward to the day when more people are driving electric cars. That may be that there may be a time when most people are driving electric vehicles and that's fine. Because by that point, then, the price of the electric vehicles will have gone down to the point where it is uh, competitive in terms of cost with uh, with traditional vehicles. That's fine. But that doesn't help anybody right now. No. So <laughs> spare me this whole smug, uh, just condescending. Yeah, yeah. Just, I, I, I drive an electric car, and oh, boy, it was so much better. I was I got to ignore the gas prices. Well, most Americans don't get to ignore it. Mm-hmm. And it's just embarrassing. And th- these people actually think that talking about January 6th is going to be the thing oh, that gets people to not vote Republicans right now after they've screwed everything up. I've got a good audio clip on that point coming up. We've also got a whole lot more to get to. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Camp and Robin show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment today. Uh, he's looking for change in his couch cushions to pay for a gallon of gas right now. Yeah, and he's looking for other change as well. Yeah, just just kind of walking around and yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I think it's really funny to me watching uh, the media prepare the nation for the event of the year. It's the January 6th committee <laughs> unveiling of its findings on it's Thursday. So it, it is. Like, nobody cares, okay? I'm sorry. Oh, but man. We're having record gas prices mm-hmm. uh, every single day. We get to come on the air and talk about that. Inflation off the hook. Right. And, and I, can't, I can't get a turkey sandwich at a restaurant because they don't have any. Right. 
So it's it, everything is on fire in this country right now, especially people's personal finances. Sure. Nobody cares about a bunch of yokels breaking into the Capitol. Nobody cares. Because democracy was not almost ended that day. The republic did not fall that day and didn't even come close to falling that day. All right? It was it was something that never should have happened, obviously. But most Americans have moved on and have bigger things. I mean, geez, well, if you're if you're a mom with an infant that you can't feed right now right. because of this formula crisis, how much are are you really setting everything aside to watch this Adam prime Kinsinger time weep? <laughs> right, this prime time <laughs> coverage. <laughs> Come on, no. And media types cannot believe this. They 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 are shocked about this. Uh, and, you know, one of their own, actually, the guy used to head up ABC News. Yeah, he's, he's running the thing. He's producing the primetime event. Producing it. He's producing it. Because camera angles. He'll have a director's, you know, he'd be shouting out directions for the camera. Number three, three, right. four. Right. Close up. Up, up, up. Adam Kinzinger's crying again. he'll have a again. big green screen like the weather guys do behind him with... <laughs> You know, and, and will they be able to vote? Like, we can vote somebody off the panel like they do on Idol? <laughs> like, they have a, have a number that comes up? Vote for Adam Kinzinger at this number. Right. Who gives great. the best performance. I like that. Right. Yeah. And then they yeah. get to go back to their hometowns. The final three do. <laughs> they have a little parade. Golly. In honor of Adam Kinzinger, we'll call it American right. Tridal. <laughs> there you go. Now... MSNBC's Yamiche Alcindor thinks it's a real shame that Americans are worried about things like <laughs> baby formula shortages, yeah, right. record gas prices, and whatnot. She's, she's in touch with a common person, yes. But they don't really care about the January 6th committee's no. stupid TV presentation coming up on Thursday. Uh, I saw this at uh, foxnews.com. Uh, here is the crack analysis. I think the, the biggest challenge for lawmakers here as they talk about these sort of huge ideas of American democracy and sort of the experiment that we're all living and benefiting from possibly being brought to his knees is whether or not they can make people care, Andrea. There are so many things that people are juggling between gas prices and inflation, baby formula, abortion, and, and the shootings that are happening. These lawmakers are going to try to now have a narrative to focus the country's attention to say, look at this thing. Do not turn away and understand that while all those other things are really, really important, the foundation of our country, what makes our country function, is the democracy that we have to protect. So the, so the argument is that all those other important things that affect your everyday existence, mm -hmm. like, I don't know, the survival of your infant. You, yeah. you got to think big picture, Mom. Okay, sorry. But you're going to have to pay attention to what happened there in this Capitol riot. How, how out of touch and soulless do you have to well, be to the, actually be fretting the, about that? Here's another thing, too. This is all they got. Oh, definitely. This is, this is, this is all they have. I mean, they're going to they're get wiped out in the midterms. They already know that. It's coming. And in order to divert any sort of attention at all, you try to make me care about something I don't care about, America doesn't care about, but you need that. You need that meat on that bone because if not, you got nothing. Yeah. What are you going to talk about? The economy? No, you can't. How it's still, well, Joe Biden's tried. Yeah. You know, wants to make us a gaslight the hell out of us on it. But no, of course not. You got nothing. You have nothing to talk about. Nothing is better. Again, give me the metric where things are better now than they were a year and a half ago. Right. Any what, metric. What, what's, Just give it to me. What's the standard? 
Yeah, what what what, what what is it? What's the story that you're going to be trying to tell voters? Exactly. To get me to return that party back into power? Come on, what is it? Yeah. Well, no. it's got to be this, right? Mm-hmm. That's all that's all they Donald Trump is all they got. Yeah. Uh so Meanwhile, in New York, New York Governor Kathy Hochul announced that they're banning the sale of AR-15s for anyone under the age of 21. Yeah, heard that. Uh, And along with that, they're also going to be beefing up their domestic surveillance on citizens. This is something that, in the overall package, is really disturbing to me. And I I think, again, this is another thing that you got to be, you have to be willing to, to speak with your vote against this kind of move, against mm-hmm. this type of stuff. And in the state of New York, we're now requiring social media networks to monitor and report hateful conduct on their platforms. Thank you, Senator Anna Kaplan, and thank you, Assignment Member Patricia Fahey. So, so you're making speech you don't like a police matter. Right. It's you know, hateful. And, and and typically the response you'll get is, well, if somebody's posting online about shooting up a school and whatever, don't you want the cops to get involved? Guess what? Cops can get involved. Mm-hmm. I don't want Facebook or Twitter having to look through everything that somebody posts, and I don't want them to decide what is hateful conduct. Right. Because hateful conduct, according to Twitter, for example, is saying that a biological man is a man. Yeah, you know, that's hate, hateful. It's hate, hateful. Hateful, com- hateful mm-hmm. comments on Twitter uh, is saying something like, oh, I don't know, men can't menstruate. That ban worthy speech, according to Twitter, is saying that the COVID vaccine doesn't do what they said the COVID vaccine would do. So I, I don't want them to be required to talk to law enforcement any more than they already do. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that sounds like uh, suicide for a nation. I, I don't know. It, it's, it's, well, it's terrible. It's, 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 but again, David, it gets back to what you said before. Who gets to determine what yeah. is and what isn't? Who does that? Well, Unelected bureaucratic knuckleheads. Well, and remember, when they talk about guns, when they talk about banning guns and all this common sense gun control and all that stuff, it's not mm-hmm. about guns. It is about control. They don't care about people getting killed in a school. They don't care about... People getting killed at a nightclub. They care about using that to control the American population more than they already do. That's right. Meanwhile, Joe Biden says he's produced the strongest economy ever. We'll get to that next. Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment. He is panhandling so he can afford to fill up his <laughs> gas tank. If you see him on the corner, please, you know, give him give him whatever you got. Open up your heart and your wallet, please. Uh, Joe Biden, he's really struggling to explain the disastrous economy we're seeing, and now he's just given up on excuses like Putin's price hike, and he's settled on just straight up lying to people. Uh, here is what the president had to say. 
My plans to produce the strongest, fastest, most widespread economic recovery America has ever experienced. With record jobs, new record small businesses, and wages rising. It's the foundation for an economy that works for working families. Because of that foundation, we're better positioned than any country in the world to overcome global inflation that we're seeing and reach a new chapter of stable and steady growth. So let's come together and focus on what's matter, on what matters. Yeah, like January 6th. Right. Well, let's come together. You know, let me, was there somebody standing by with a fire extinguisher because his pants were on fire? Yeah. Just saying. I mean, well, that that's now going to be the new talking point, too. You heard the term global inflation. That's, that's going to be I, it. I noticed that, too. You're right. <clears throat> Now it's glo- it's well it's everywhere. Yeah. It's global inflation. And and it is everywhere. Again though, the United States of America uh is in a unique position to avoid it. Yeah. And one of the reasons why we've seen something that actually breaks the mold through most of the western world is because Joe Biden printed 2 trillion dollars and sent it into an overheated economy. Mhm. I mean, look, the the recovery was well underway under the previous president. It was happening because states were opening back up, period. It wasn't anything, honestly, it wasn't anything Trump did. It was just states were opening back up, and we were talking about this early on, you know, with with the disastrous amount of job losses we saw with the COVID restrictions and whatnot. You know, there were some people thinking, how long is it going to take to recover? And I remember saying on this show in 2020, now, I mean, as soon as states start opening back up, the fundamentals of a solid economy are there. The, you know, the best thing government can do is just stop doing anything, just right. get out of the way and let people resume living. Um, and then sure enough, when you saw major economic powerhouse states like Texas, like like Florida start to open back up again, um, you started to see that recovery. And that's what happened. Letting it go, letting people live is what led to recovery. And then dumping $2 trillion more trillion into the economy had the opposite effect because he's talking about, hey, man, solid fundamentals, right? We, we get, we've got the middle class, low-income earners. Any day now, this plan is going to kick in, and you're going to really see some progress. And a lot of folks are filling up their tanks today and saying, when is this master plan going to actually start working for me? And the reality is it's not. Well, I say this every election cycle. I mean, as much as we don't want to believe it, we cast our votes selfishly in our own best interest. We always do. That's human nature. That's how it's done. I mean, I don't know if anybody wants to admit that or not. Well, it's for the greater good. Well, it isn't. It's for your greater good. And it should be. It well, should be about you. Well, yeah. Really, yeah, you should vote for your own your own interests. Yes. Well, well, yeah, if you're voting in a mayoral race and the mayor has said, yeah. hey, we're going to leave you behind, Scott, but your neighbor Frank is going to do great. Right. You're still not going to vote. You may not. No. You may not have any enmity towards towards Frank. Frank may be no. a great guy. Yeah. But if if it comes at at your personal expense, you're yes. probably not going to vote for that mayoral candidate. Yes. Um, anyway, gas prices, of course, hit another record high. It's only going to get worse because Biden isn't interested in loosening regulations on the oil and gas industry and just saying, okay, all the green weenie stuff. You're going to take a back seat right now because people are hurting. This is a really bad time economically for millions of Americans. He's not going to do that, though. Uh, but it is going to get worse. John Katsimatidis, he's an oil guy. He owns a grocery store chain. Uh, so he sees this from both ends. 
Mm-hmm. Like he he sees the full effect of what sure the regulatory uh, policies have been when it comes to oil and gas. Uh, he was on Fox Business, and and this is what he had to say. I mean, it's really. I almost hate to bring it to you because it's not good news. It will get worse, which is very, very sad. It doesn't have to happen. As I said before last week, I said it last week, a recession does not have to happen. What the obsession, the obsession that President Biden has with not turning on the spigots in North America, in, in Canada, Alaska, and let America, North America, we have a hundred years worth of oil. Let them open up the spigots, and the price of crude oil will come back down to 55, 60, maybe 65, half. I, nobody can understand. All the people I talk to, nobody can understand why this obsession with North America. He wants to fly to Saudi Arabia and beg the Saudi Arabians to give us another half a million barrels at $120 a barrel. Does that make any sense at all? Right. It makes no sense. Yeah, I mean, the plan right now is to spend all that money at an inflated price on oil from a nation that Biden said during his presidency should be a pariah state. Yep. He talked about isolating Saudi Arabia because of human rights abuses. And we're about to go hat in hand begging them to pump out more oil. We're about to finance them. Because what you're afraid of Alexandria Ocasio Cortez or something? What a coward! Yeah, what an absolute no. coward! Well, the the master plan is to everyone drives the electric car and well, people has yeah, solar and, panels and I mean that's the master plan. You, here. you spend a bunch of money on the green weenie stuff, and you know, meanwhile, America crumbles around you. It's really sickening to me. Joe um, Biden is the political sacrificial lamb. Joe Biden has no future with the party. Right. So he can take a beating and after four years come out and just do whatever it is he does, which is slowly. But he can do it, you know, right? <laughs> exactly. There's nothing hanging on it, yeah. Meanwhile, Socialist Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she's mad at people in her own party over the term Latinx or Latinx. I thought that was over with. Well, it should be. I mean, she. Yeah, she I mean, they don't. Uh, Latins don't like it. No, Latinos don't like it at all. She doesn't understand that. You know, most Democrats, if they're in competitive and especially heavily Hispanic areas, are dropping Latinx because the overwhelming majority of Latinos don't like that term. And what is what is it like? A plurality of them actively find it offensive. Offensive, yeah. That it's not just oh, I don't use that term. That's kind of dumb. It's there are a lot of people out there who say no, I'm offended if you use that term. You're bastardizing my language for a reason I don't understand. But, you see, she says it's Democrats' fault for not lining up behind the cause of Latinx. Also, in the spirit of pride, I wanted to have a note on gender inclusivity in Spanish language. People sometimes like to make a lot of drama over the term Latinx. Gender is fluid. I knew you would love that. I know. I hate that. Why, why did they, Why does she do that? Latinx. Yes. Latin, Latinx. Yeah, you're taking... And, and then, then carries on in the chirpy, you know, valley girl voice she's got. Yeah. Right. Latinx. Gender <laughs> oh. is fluid. Language is fluid. And I think people right now are using the E term as gender neutral in order to be as inclusive as possible. 
I also have a mini rant about this because there are some politicians, including Democratic politicians, that rail against the term Latinx. And they're like, this is so bad. This is so bad for the party, like blah, blah, blah. And like, it's almost as though it has not struck some of these folks that another person's identity is not about your reelection prospects. <laughs> like. Like what? This is not about you. It's not about you. Let me tell you why it's actually all about me. Exactly. You know, I, 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 I've flirted with the idea of just donating to her campaign and trying to push her to run for Senate. I want her to have the highest profile possible because, I mean, if she doesn't recognize why there are a lot of Democrats running away from that Latinx, mm-hmm. if, she, if she really doesn't understand that, then I, I, I want her out there every day really pushing Democrats oh, yeah. to keep using that term. Do as much as you can to alienate a voting base that the Democrats have used and abused for decades. I Just do it. Ignore their concerns, okay? Just go with the Latinx, all right? You know, the the social media is such a double-edged sword, right? Uh, because people like her, they've always existed. They've yeah. always existed, but they've been they've been in the quiet corners of society with no access to a wider audience because they're insane. And <laughs> right, right? But this allows her to sit there and film herself saying any outrageous, outlandish, completely idiotic, moronic statements ever and then broadcast it to the world. Yeah. I, I I don't know. Maybe we have always had this this person that those people. They just were silent because they had no place to go with it. Well, no one would listen to them. That was sane. I I think the other thing is that social media disincentivizes uh, the act of feeling shame. Oh, it does. Because if agree. you're shameless, you'll get way more engagement. So you know the the people who sort of live on the dregs of society and just have no coherent belief system wind up getting. Uh, a higher and higher profile because and they have the most scorching hot takes. Well, you surround yourself with people like the same 25 yeah. people who tell you how great you are every day. Yeah. So you believe you're just, you know, you can just say whatever you want. People are just amazed by it. Absolutely. What an idiot. Uh, meanwhile, could Top Gun Maverick, one of the biggest box office releases uh, in recent memory, uh, could it be pulled from theaters over a copyright claim? That's the question right now. Now, probably not, but someone is trying to do that. Because the original Top Gun was based on a 1983 magazine story called Top Guns by a guy named Ehud Yone. And his heirs are now taking advantage of a provision in copyright law that allows authors to reclaim the rights to their works after 35 years. Mm. They say Paramount didn't renew the rights to the original article before making the sequel. So they say, hey, we need a cut of this box office cash. And so... They're saying this, again, it's probably not going to get pulled from theaters over this. The family may get a chunk of change out of it. Uh, but cases like this are going to be more and more common because uh, Hollywood's out of ideas. Oh, yeah. So they're going back to the well of movies that were popular in the 80s, maybe even in the early 90s. So we're, uh, apparently there are lawsuits uh, involving the Marvel Cinematic Universe as well because mm-hmm. people related to the original creators of these characters are saying, hey, I need some cash, too. I can do this. You didn't secure the rights or whatever. So uh, very fascinating, I think. Oh, you're right about the out of ideas, though. Yeah, oh, they're totally out of Sequel ideas. and prequel and every that, other thing. That's it, yeah. Yep. Uh, coming up, we got, oh, my gosh. 
I am begging people in mainstream media to learn something about guns before talking about gun control. I'm, we have another example of why that's necessary coming up. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley's on special assignment. Well, the the media can't stop lying about guns because they want to disarm law-abiding citizens, and they also think that talking about guns, guns, guns is a way to salvage what they can from what will probably be a disastrous midterm election cycle for them. The thing is, for a lot of people, they only know that narrative because that's all they've heard. Yeah. I but, mean, and they're not gun people, but they're not gun-grabbing people either. Yeah. But the, it's hard to find any truth in anything these knuckleheads, uh, these advocates say. Yeah. And, you know, I used to think this is just because of ignorance, but right. I, I don't think it is. I, I, I think willful ignorance. I mean, maybe. you, ha- you have yeah. to go out of your way to get things as wrong as places like NPR have gotten okay. when it comes to firearms. Um, I mean, they, there was one news outlet that actually used the phrase fully sem- semi-automatic. That's incoherent. I mean, the way they talk about how these rifles function when you're talking about the AR platform, when you're talking about semi-automatic pistols, it's it's completely incoherent if you've even been to one, like, first shots class, an intro, basic introductory class. Mm-hmm. But Joe Scarborough on MSNBC he is the uh, mentally handicapped Muppet on MSNBC. Uh, he made this claim, didn't he? He kind of looks like, what, what's the Muppet's name, Beaker? Beaker, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, made this claim today while talking about why the cops in Uvalde didn't immediately engage the killer at Robb Elementary School. And uh, here, here is his just uh, galaxy brain take. Police officers who were armed, but guess what? They wouldn't go in there because the 18-year-old... Uh, guy, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. the 18-year-old guy had a weapon that was more powerful, that was more deadly yeah. than the weapons we gave our troops in Vietnam. Right. No, no, not right. That, right. That's not true at all. <laughs> I mean, as uh, David Hookstead at the Daily Wire pointed out, the M16 used in Vietnam is fully automatic, capable, theoretically, of firing 700 rounds a minute. I don't care how fast your trigger finger moves, you are not matching that rate of fire with a semi-automatic rifle. No. It's just not true. So, but but yet, apparently he said it again the other day, or he also said it the other day, that these lies just continue about firearms. And if you want to stop firearm violence or, or gun deaths all over the country, then you have to come at it from or with a basis of basic knowledge. Uh, If you think grabbing all the guns is the right thing to do, I don't. But if you do, you got to go learn something. Maybe actually go to a firing range. Maybe actually shoot one and find out what you're talking about. Maybe take down one of the guns. Maybe try to reassemble an AR. Just actually learn how these things function but you know, I, I mean, so many of so many people in this country, their 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 ears turn off 
because they automatically know you don't know what you're talking about. Right. And so you can't have a national conversation about something when you are absolutely not willing to learn the basic facts about it. Most people can make a good living like Joe Scarborough for being stupid. A lot of times it just roots itself out. Yeah. This guy's able to parlay it into into money. Yeah, it is, yeah. Which is amazing. It's I don't a, know anything, but I make a lot of money. <laughs> knowing nothing. They need to yeah. make a lifetime movie about him. It's inspiring. You know? yeah, it is. Only in America, man. Yeah. Meanwhile, Taco Bell is opening a new drive-through concept in Minnesota today. They've got four dedicated lanes for different kinds of orders, and the food will be delivered down to your car from a, from above in little elevators. They are always innovating, Scott. Always. I'm sure that's going to function at a high level all the time. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh-huh. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley's on special assignment today. I'll be back tomorrow. Uh, I was just sent a piece of audio, Scott. I, I have to edit it down. I don't. I I'm not sure if there's any swearing in it. Uh, oh, oh so, gosh. But no, no, we're not going to play it right now. Okay, we'll we'll get to it in about a half an hour. You'll want to be here for it. I am dying laughing. And I'll just say this. I'll say this as a long tease. Coming up in about half an hour, we will learn that there is a new gender, and it ev- it involves identifying as a type of gas. What? <laughs> There's a new gender, and it involves identifying as a type of gas. Gas, you say? A gas, yes. Okay. I don't know if that's neon. I'm not sure what type of gas that is. Uh, it, by the way, and if you can't hang around that long, about half an hour, we'll get to that audio. Uh, you can check out the podcast later today at goshdangit.net. That's oh, gosh, is that what it is? Goshdangit.net. Yeah, that's where gosh you can find dang it. Yeah, that's where, you, net. that's where you can find our podcast. Thanks to uh, producer Did that Dennis just happened? Did that just happen? Yeah, it just we went We just live. started that today? Yeah, it just went wow. live. So we got that. Gosh dang it. Is that all one word or is that broken up? Goshdangit.net. Yeah, that's all one word. Gosh dang it dot net. That's, That's right. where you can find the podcast. Yeah. Wow. Uh, meanwhile, we've got an energy crisis, and Biden has now invoked the Defense Production Act to produce more solar panels. <laughs> like, what, what is Why this? not? Why not? Right? Why not? Just go all in. <laughs> it's like, well, my car broke down. I'm going to buy a jet ski. Uh, that does, it, this doesn't make any sense. And what is the emergency with solar panels? I don't understand any of this. 
I, I don't get it. So what's the emergency here? Well, let's go to White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre. Oh, this will be really profound, I'm who, sure. Who will clue us in as to yeah. what the emergency actually is. Um, so let me, uh, I was going to say first, the president, you know, when he takes the Defense Protection Act, it's to make sure that he's delivering for the American people. Uh, it is an important tool that he has used a couple of go. times, and it has been incredibly effect effective. Uh, so uh, for this particular Clean Energy Defense uh, Production Act, uh, he is invoking the Defense Production Act to rapidly expand per, uh, domestic production uh, of solar panel parts, building ins insulation, heat pumps, and more. He is putting the full force uh, of the federal government's purchasing power behind supporting American clean energy manufacturers, and he is providing U.S. solar uh, deployers uh, the short-term stability they need to build clean energy uh, projects and deliver more affordability energy to American families and business. Altogether, uh, these historic actions will cut costs uh, for American families, strengthen our power grid, and tackle the climate crisis. And with a stronger clean uh, energy arsenal, the United States can be an even stronger partner to our allies, especially in the face of Putin's war in Ukraine. What's the emergency in the solar industry? Well, this is just a step to get to, to a place where we do have a clean energy arsenal. And so this is a very important part of the president's, uh, this is a very important part of the president's uh, 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 agenda. Yeah. Okay. So that clip is about a minute and 10 seconds long. I'll boil this down for you in a, in a simplified way. This is a payout to labor unions. Period. That's it. Also, I would love to know, in their portfolios, how many of these people that represent our districts and our country and our states have green energy in the portfolio? Yeah. How many of them will personally benefit from this kind of nonsense? How many? I think we'd be surprised if how many there are. Oh, yeah, well... Yeah, I think I think you'd be surprised how how much money yeah that they have personally invested that they in all of this. Stand to gain <clears throat> by this yeah. type of stuff. But also, if you're if you're pouring money into union shops, right? You know, in a time when you desperately need to keep together some sort of core base coalition, yeah, what better way to do that than to hand out money that'll benefit members of a labor union? I mean that that's what this is at the end of the day. They're not going to Elon Musk asking about renewable energies, right? They're not doing that right now. They're going to their buddies who will in turn try to help get out the vote for them and then also get a nice little windfall on the side. Do we know how many solar panels are built in China, by the way? A lot of them. Yeah, and, and okay. look, I, and again, you know, they talk about, well, this is all part of one big green transition. And I will say this, uh, buying you know, getting a, a solar panel for your house is a good investment. But if you are at a point where you're counting out the pennies in order to buy diapers for your kids because gas prices are crushing you, you don't have the money to do it. No. You know, you can get better deals. And just full disclosure, there's a company I speak for, uh, I do an endorsement for that does this work. But, But it is, I mean, it's a decent investment in your home. But most people can't afford it right now. So them saying, well, the emergency here is just to build more solar panels. Well, no, it's it's really not. That doesn't make any sense to do this. Um, meanwhile, the Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen, uh, says, well, we need to become more dependent on the sun. That's how we get out of this current mess. 
here she is today speaking to the Senate. The critical thing is that we become more dependent on the wind and the sun that are not subject to geopolitical influences and passing clean um, energy credits that will boost um, non-renewables um, is, I think, really, really critical to, um, to, to, to addressing climate change and our uh, energy costs for households. But that doesn't help people right now. That's the difference. You're, you're thinking about years in the future, years in the future. Right now, there are people who are struggling to make ends meet because they can't afford groceries. They can't afford to fill up the tank. They're canceling all sorts of plans right now. People's standard of living is going down because any wage gains they've had in the last year or two have been wiped out and then some by inflation. And a lot of that's driven by the cost of gas. Because like it or not, the world runs on petroleum. It just does. And no amount of solar panels on your house or, or anywhere else is going to change that anytime soon. They have complete tunnel vision with this. Uh, it, it, it's Everything they're doing seems intentional. It seems that the intention is to hurt as many people as possible See, to force them into a lifestyle they don't want. I, and here's the thing. I've, I've tried very, very hard to believe. And, and again, I, I, listeners send me stuff all the time. We've got a lot of people that listen to this show and other shows similar to this one. Not as good. Um, but, <laughs> but, but that honestly believe that this is a path to destroying America as we know it. And at first I was like, well, gosh, do I want to buy into that? that these people are purposefully trying to harm us to, for some wacko agenda they have in mind. And the more things go on, the more I believe it's true. And oh. I don't want to believe it. I Honestly, I, I do not want to believe that we have politicians and as high up as the President of the United States who are dedicated to blowing up life as we know it. But but if you wanted to intentionally blow up life as Americans know it, what would you do differently? Exactly. See, see, there you go. That, yes. That is one of the reasons why, you know, this the, the guns, guns, guns debate mm-hmm. gets so heated from the left is because that's a key component of total control. You know, look at what happened in Australia with COVID. I mean, it's, it's a dystopian hellscape, man. You got kids being arrested for being on the beach, and some of that happened here in the United States. Oh, yeah. But in Canada, remember yeah. the Freedom Convoy? Yes. The truckers who were protesting? The government cracked down on their bank accounts. Yep. Now... The re in Europe, my gosh, it was similar things. I mean, people people having to show their health cards, health papers. You can't travel uh, for a long time. You couldn't do anything. One of the common denominators is that they don't have the strength that affords the population that the Second Amendment does for us. That's it. It totally shifts the calculus when you know that you have an armed populace. If you're a government official looking to crack down on people. You have to rethink it. What happened in Australia, what happens in places like China, which is on the way other end of the spectrum, what happens that or further down, I guess, the same side of the spectrum. China can do pretty much what it wants because the population isn't 
capable of really fighting back. No. Not in any meaningful way. You know, they can crack down on whoever they want. They can take people inside their homes because they know that there is not or they have the monopoly on the use of force. And so when you when you look at what the left wants to do, what a lot of the Democratic Party wants to do, they cannot accomplish it as long as we have a system of government where the government itself is sufficiently afraid of the people it wants to control. And now I just feel like a tinfoil hat wearing. Loon. No, no, no. But, but I, but I again, completely, it's true. I completely Tell understand what wrong. you're saying. No, I, I, I don't think you are wrong. Uh, now, if you'd have said this to me eight months ago, I would have went, "Hey, David, slow your roll here a little bit, right?" <laughs> Seriously, I think I did say that to you eight months ago, and you said, you "Slow your roll." <laughs> slow your roll, man. Just you know, easy, easy now. Yeah. But you know, again, the more this stuff happens, the more I think this is not coincidental. It's this is all happening for a reason. No. Uh, and the reason they they propped Joe Biden up is again because he had no no political loss here because he's gonna he, if he finishes his term that's it anyway right right I mean yeah. there's no so you can calculate that and just run him up there and direct him from everywhere else he doesn't know what's going on yeah I mean you're kidding yourself if you believe that yeah uh, meanwhile uh, coming up actually we got we got a reset here uh, former Boston police commissioner slams liberal prosecutors for letting criminals run amok this is this is pretty good audio you're wanna, you're going to want to hear. We'll get to it next. Van Camp and Robbins show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment. Uh, so right now, media has been talking a lot about the number of mass shootings in the country, trying to make it sound like something like what happened tragically in Uvalde is happening every single day. It's not. Most of the shootings, they're still tragic. Uh, they've been really taken off since the old summer of love in 2020, and most of them involve gang violence and people who no longer have any fear of punishment. Period. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, bail reform and all that stuff has killed more people than your average legal AR-15 owner has. Okay. Well, activist DAs. Yeah. In, in most every major city in America. Now, this might have come as a shock to CNN viewers. Someone actually told them the truth about crime in most mass shootings. This is the former Boston police commissioner, Ed Davis, talking about what is at the root of most of these tragedies that we see play out on American streets every week. The solution to that requires effective policing, prevention, identification of people who are carrying guns, and frankly, more aggressive police activity in neighborhoods where we know those shootings are happening. And with, with very liberal DAs in some of these cities like Philadelphia, the police have backed off a little bit on that. The bad guys know that. They figured that out immediately. And if there's no downside to carrying a gun, a fistfight can turn into a shooting in a second. Yeah, that's common sense. Absolutely. You yes. don't have to have run a large police department to know that that's actually the case, that when you give nobody or when you give no consequences for somebody's actions when you can shoot at a graduation party or whatever 
and be out on cashless bail the next day, that's going to be a problem. Well, that woman that was run down by the car with her child. Oh, yeah. Guy's got six months in some sort of... uh, In a juvie camp. Like a work camp of some kind. Yeah, Yeah, that was in Los Angeles. I mean, unbelievable. It it is. It should be unbelievable. It should be something that, that shocks the nation. David, we saw it when you have people walking out of stores with television sets, throwing them into their cars with no fear of retribution whatsoever. There wasn't anyone coming. Yeah. And and the answer was what? Well, you got to understand the pain. The pain. You got to understand that looting and violence in the streets, that's reparations. No. One woman we had who was, you know, looting a store in Chicago. Yeah. Well, they've got insurance. Right. That'll cover this. Seriously. I mean, when, when you foster an environment where pretty much anything is permissible and everything is excusable, you get what we're seeing on American streets. And it's it's time for people to wake up to this, that progressive DAs, progressive mayors and city city councils are enacting policies that are directly responsible for carnage in America. But they'd rather talk about me and my rifle. And your gun. Yeah, right. Okay, exactly. fine. Yeah. No, you don't know what you're talking about, and you don't care. That's it. No, you don't care. That's the narrative. It's it's we're going to get the guns. The narrative is not we've got to quit with these activist DAs and mayors and city councils and all this other nonsense. Yeah. Uh, mean, School boards. You yeah, Right. Another one. Right. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, this is kind of an inside baseball story, I think, but I just like watching bad people fail. Have you seen what's going on at the Mean Girls table at the Washington Post? I have not, actually. So there's a writer, Dave Weigel. He he tweet, or retweeted this joke that, that was, every girl is bi, you just have to figure out if it's polar or sexual. <laughs> so, yeah, off-color joke, obviously. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, and it was noticed by a reporter named Felicia Sanmez. And she went after him. She said, oh, fantastic to work at a news outlet where retweets like this are allowed. Well, well they after, don't work there. After days of of controversy and all of this, Dave Weigel got suspended for a month without pay. Oh, my. For retweeting a joke that he deleted, uh, like, really soon after, after he did it because he realized the backlash was on. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't have any sympathy for this guy, though. I mean, it, it's pathetic that the Washington Post would do this, but but this guy has gone on several tirades about the non-existence of cancel culture. Mm-hmm. Talked about, oh, conservatives just making it up. Well, guess what? You just got canceled, bro. Well, they'll always come for you. Eventually, they'll run out of targets. Oh, yeah. And then they're coming for you. There's that. And you know what? I mean, when the orthodoxy of wokeness changes every single day, you're going to find yourself on the wrong side of it eventually, okay? That's right. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. This is what happens when people stop reading just halfway through A Tale of Two Cities. The revolution always comes for you. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Uh, biggest story of the day, of course, uh, gas prices hit another record high here. Uh, the Biden administration doesn't seem to care at all about it because they're investing in solar panels. <laughs> That'll help. Uh, meanwhile, you've got the Biden Commerce Secretary, Gina Raimondo, saying, yeah, there's really not a whole lot we can do. Even though they've been saying we got all these tools in the toolbox and levers that we can pull and all that nonsense, uh, they're just not willing to. To do it, uh, and I had teased this earlier. This piece of audio, uh, you need. To, 
I can't I can't wait to get your reaction because we learn in part there's a new gender and it involves being gas. Oh god. You identify as a type of gas. I cannot wait to get to it. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley's on special assignment. You know, I'm just going to get to this because I've been sitting on this audio now for a little while. I just got a, I got a, one of our listeners just sent me a note saying, hey, are we going to get to this gender thing or not? Yeah, yeah, we are. We are. Yes, we are. Yeah, yes. we are. I, I said I needed some time to edit well, it down a little bit. This. Yes. I had to because there there is some naughty language in there. I just yeah, need to be make careful, sure. You know, we got to okay? be careful. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so Christopher Rufo, he's been doing a lot of work exposing critical race theory and gender identity ideology in government and schools and corporations. Uh, he has a new piece out today about a meeting a bunch of trans activist groups in Washington State had. These groups like Traction, Lavender Rights Project, Black Trans Task Force, Gender Justice League, and Utopia <laughs> Washington, all they all run programs for kids, by the way, uh, and they get taxpayer support for what they do. So they had this meeting where they talked about decolonizing gender because apparently the only reason... We think of gender as binary, as as male and female, has nothing Mm -hmm. to do with science, nothing to do with thousands of years of human history, but it has everything to do with the fact that the conquistadors invaded, like, what is now South America and killed a bunch of native tribes. Again. I'm trying to follow this. (laughs) Not, listen, I'm not saying that it makes any sense, but this is their take. Okay, so here's a roundup of some of the discussion, some of my favorite takes that you'll hear in this. And and keep in mind, these people are associated with organizations that do outreach to kids. Hmm. Okay? Anyway, here it is. That process of creating men and women actually is the process of genocide. There is no such thing as uh, male genes or female hormones. Yeah. Yeah, there are. There's no such thing as male genes or female hormones. No, that that did he just say that? Yes, he did with well, a straight face. Okay. I mean, I mean, there there is actually objectively a scientific template sure. that would tell you what yeah. is male and what is female. That's right. That that's actually a thing. First introduction to quantism looked a lot like um, me waking up at you know four in the morning, five in the morning, every morning to you know. Sounds of, you know, my ancestors screaming from outside my window. I want to. This guy says that his first experience with colonialism, I guess, was having hallucinations about his ancestors screaming at him from the earth outside of his window. Dude, you need help. Yeah, you're mentally ill. If you're waking up at four in the morning thinking that some people have been dead for a few hundred years are screaming at you, 
then you have a serious problem. Mm-hmm. There are medications you can go on. I'm not trying to be snarky. I mean, I'm dead serious. You no, need something help. wrong with you. There yeah. is something wrong with your brain. Dead people yes. are yelling at you. Yeah. And stay the hell away from my kids. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, by all means. I want to be able to see every part of myself as a woman. My mustache, you know, my all of my facial hair, my 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 belly, my big d- like, you know, everything. All of that is part of your expression of womanhood. Man, this get does get back to the what is a woman question, doesn't it? It really does. Yeah, it really does. Um, I've been identifying more recently as, as a little bit more gaseous or plasma-like, <laughs> like a different state of matter. For folks watching, um, I think another way that you can support people who are doing community work is pay people. Pay people directly. Give them the money so they can have the financial security in order to rest and to heal and to connect. <laughs> pay that money. You know, reparations. Like, pay that money to us now. <laughs> Reparation? <laughs> For what? Because, because you don't you you don't uh, respect their their indigenous uh, trans matter uh, identity. Apparently, get out of my sight. Get out of my sight. You, know, you don't want to pay the guy who's like, yeah, I'm more no. of like plasma, gaseous plasma. <laughs> yeah, whatever the hell that is. Just, if you Wait, what's, what is wrong? Pay us. No, I don't want to pay you. Why not? Why are you a bigot, Scott? <laughs> because it doesn't make any sense. None of this does. <laughs> what do you write on the check? Just say, what's on the memo line? Um, paying this for reparations for the gaseous indigenous trans identity person. Yeah, who's got the mustache and the... Yeah. But is a woman. Right. Got it. And I'm supposed to pay you for this? Yes. Because what? So you can heal? Is that what I heard? That's right. Yes. You from got the it. surgery or from <laughs> what What are no. we talking about? The here? argument is you need to pay us because we've been out here doing the work of activism. The gaseous lives matter, Scott. <laughs> and shut your windows, man, if they're yelling at you. <laughs> if, just... dead, if dead people are screaming at you in the middle of the night, yeah. I, I, I now know how. A Roman citizen felt towards the end of the empire. Yes, you know where you got where you got these people who are like, yeah, you need to pay me because I'm doing the work of raising awareness about how this guy with a tallywhacker is actually a woman, and how this guy who identifies as a woman who's actually gas, uh, they yeah. feel like they've been subjugated by you because you don't accept their identities, and therefore, oh, there was another lady. Who is making the argument that kids should be able to identify as cyborgs? And it's like, yeah, you you can your pronouns can be Pokemon trainer and all of these things. Like, this is the all-out assault on reality. And I'm sorry, but I'm not going to take you seriously because you're insane. Like, human I, life forms matter. Human, <laughs> well, I don't know. Does that person identify right. as a human life human. form? Right. Whether maybe not. Whether that's in like a solid state, a gaseous state. Gaseous I don't know. State. I don't know gaseous if there are, lives matter. I don't. I don't know if there's like a trans liquid identity. I'm not sure. 
God. Uh, and then there. Uh, how do you tack that onto the uh, monogram? I mean, there's already so much stuff on there. I don't know. <laughs> LGBTQ plus hydrogen, neon, amoebas. Yeah, I like the and the funny thing is, is that this is a group of people that demand that you take them seriously. Oh yeah, exactly. They demand it, and you've got the state of Washington, government officials in the state of Washington, who agree. And not just there. It's all over the country. It's in the White House right now. Oh, oh yeah. That you have to respect. You have to take those people seriously. Mm-hmm. No, I don't. I mean, go live your... If you want to live your life as some sort of gaseous being, I guess, right. I mean, do it. But again, you know, it's America. You can do whatever you want. Well, the good news is if you're a gaseous being, it's not too hard to find housing. Right. You can just slip into a beaker. <laughs> I mean, I, right. It's like again, it's not going to affect my life how you do it, but don't don't sit here and be like, oh, well, you're hateful because you don't respect my insane identity. Right. <laughs> my goodness, man, and stay uh, the hell away from kids, okay? Well, stay the hell away from me too. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to associate just, with you either. Particularly but. kids, though. Just leave. Just go away. Just, it, it, again, if you want to live your life that way, I don't care. As long as you don't expect me to pay for it. No, you have to. If you want me to give you money because you're mentally ill, I'm not going to do that. No. Uh, Meanwhile, of course, as we've been talking about all day, and we will be talking about this every day for probably weeks, if not months to come, uh, gas prices have hit record highs all over the country again. The Biden administration is blaming Putin. They're blaming, uh, oh, we got to be less reliant on fossil fuels, and we're going to invest in solar panels and all that stuff even though the world runs on petroleum there's nothing you can do about it there's no amount of solar panels that you can throw on top of houses in the near term that will help that uh but anyway it does seem like we're seeing an emerging uh uh narrative that is coming out which is well there's really nothing we can do right it's like we're we've got every tool in the toolbox and we're pulling every lever, but there's really nothing we can do about this. Uh, this is Biden Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo. She was on CNN uh, talking about this uh, and was asked, hey, you know, what can you actually do uh, from the executive branch of this government? What is actually still on the table, though, to bring gas prices down at this point, because the president has said and made very clear that there's not much left that he can do. Unfortunately, that is the brutal reality. Uh, you know, this is. No, it's not. Deregulation, deregulation, deregulation. Mm-hmm. Do it. You have to save this country. Anyway. In large part caused by Putin's aggression. Uh, you know, since Putin moved troops to the border of Ukraine, gas prices have gone up over a dollar forty a gallon. And the president is asking for Congress and others for potential ideas. But as you say, the reality is uh, that there isn't very much more to be done. Yeah, they've also backed up the timeline a little bit because it was, well, gas prices really have gone up just because Putin invaded Ukraine. Now it's okay. Well, now when he started showing signs he might invade Ukraine, like this this ever moving benchmark that completely is is just an attempt to exonerate themselves from any responsibility for what's going on in this country 
It, it, it's astounding. I mean, they use that all the time. Well, it's because of Putin. Well, then wouldn't that have been a good time to start talking to oil and gas companies about pumping out more oil? Wouldn't that have been a good thing to do? Because you could have this thing turned around in a little more than a month. And if you'd have done that in December, boy, that would have been great to do. But they keep using that as a benchmark all the time. Time. Everything, and it's like, yeah. okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'm going to start using my own. Gas prices have gone up nearly $3 since the death of Harambe the gorilla. You know, David, <laughs> you should submit that to the geniuses that are currently running things. Yeah. You know, it's actually, we it's are. the Harambe gas price hike. <laughs> we, we, are, we are enacting the uh, Defense of Harambe Act. Uh, in order to try to bring down the cost of gasoline. That's it. Yeah. It, again, man, it's President Bystander all the way around. There's nothing they can do about it. It's all out of his control. Guy's walking around like, hey, who's president right now? I'd like to have a conversation with that fella. <laughs> yeah. He is the president. Anyway, all yeah, right. We got more to get to. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment. Boy, it's going to be a really interesting election day uh, in California when all of this shakes out. In Los Angeles and San Francisco, two of the nation's most liberal large cities, voters are poised to send, as CNN puts it, stinging messages of discontent over mounting public disorder as measured in both upticks in certain kinds of crime and pervasive homelessness. Well, it's freaking chaos. Oh, of it's course. It's chaos. You've taken a beautiful state, beautiful cities, and wrecked them. Yes. Wrecked them. Well, you've got Chase Boudin, the oh, San guy. Francisco <laughs> district attorney. Yeah. Uh, it looks like he's going to be recalled by a pretty wide Good. margin. Get him out. I like how CNN calls him a left-leaning. He is not left-leaning. left-leaning. No, not at all. Dude, the guy's literally a communist. He is, yes. His parents were were communist terrorists. They, uh. they went to prison. I mean, you can look this stuff up. And then he wound up living with another guy who was part of that terrorist organization, the Weather Underground, who also mm-hmm. just so happens to have had a uh, major influence on American education. Mm. You, you, don't won- say. you wonder why some mm-hmm. things have started to shift a little bit to the left. He is not left-leaning. He is actually a communist. Yes. So anyway, we got that going on. Uh, Also, in Los Angeles, uh, we're kind of paying attention to the uh, primary uh, with Rick Caruso. He's a billionaire real estate developer and former Republican who is coming up as the leading alternative in the race uh, right now. So... It's going to be really interesting to see these bastions of liberalism and progressive ideology and what actually happens here. I don't know if you saw the article in New York Magazine that claimed that it was actually Republicans' fault that San Francisco has gone to hell in a handbasket. All right. Okay. I want to know how they make that connection. So they say that Republicans, you know, they used to run San Francisco, and these progressives have really just been trying to clean up that mess. I mean, you have to go back Decades. Oh my God! Before you're <laughs> looking at Republican leadership, like, like they're actually doing the real socialism has never been tried 
but this time with, well, they're substituting in Democrats. Yeah, people started pooping in the streets when Republicans ran it. Yeah. That, that was the origin of it. That, that's what it was, yeah. Right, Rampant yes. homelessness. Yes. Uh, rampant crime that leads to the shuttering of multiple oh gosh. CVS well, yeah. and Walgreens stores. Sure. You've got Target that's been limiting its hours because people kept getting robbed. Yeah, they're open for like a half hour every day now. Yeah, obviously that's the Republican Party's fault, right? Of course it is. Uh, that It makes Naturally. no sense here. Uh, but it'll be really interesting to, to, to see where all of this shakes out because we talk about it all the time. You do feel like there is a major shift happening in this country. Yeah, well, yeah, I feel it too. It yeah. started with Donald Trump. And I think America may have put a pin in it because Trump would do things that made people nervous. Not really do things. He would just say things. Right. That made a lot of people nervous. So they're like, okay, maybe maybe we don't need to have this political earthquake mm-hmm. in this country. And now it's a year and a half in to the Biden administration. And a lot of people are really not liking what they're seeing, whether it's gas prices, grocery bill, all of it. Put together, And if you're in a place, whether it's Seattle, Portland, L.A., San Francisco, New York, I totally understand why you'd be really recalibrating your political dial. Yeah. Because what you've been voting for hasn't been working. Well, and, and all of a sudden this comes into your backyard. Now it matters to you yeah. because it's happening to you. Oh, right. You could isolate yourself from it before because it's like, eh, on the other side of town or on that side of town or whatever. It's it's where you are now. Oh, yeah. You, you notice that the mayor of San Francisco, London Breed, only got tough on crime or started to talk about being tough on crime after, like, the Saks Fifth Avenue or whatever got, got yes. looted. Like, a, a yes. swanky shopping area got targeted by smash-and-grab people. Right. And, oh, okay, now we got to do something because now my donors are being affected by it. Exactly. Yeah. Which it really is pathetic, and I, I think that mindset overall disqualifies them from any leadership position. Lord knows we've talked about it. The Republican Party is not perfect. There's a lot I wish they would do differently. Well, yeah. But progressive ideology is a clear and present danger to your safety. Yep. And that's been demonstrated. We'll see what happens in California. I'm looking forward to it. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment today. He'll be back tomorrow. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Uh, our leaders have completely lost their minds, if they ever had any common sense. I don't I don't even know if it's fair to say they lost their minds. I, no. They, they've always they been had, a little losing crazy. Losing something is one you had to begin with. Yeah, so. Yeah, there wasn't. No. <laughs> so. Yeah. We've gone from Putin's price hike to, well, it's a global inflation problem when it comes to gas prices to, I guess we've circled back now to uh, just buy an electric vehicle. 
Well, well, greedy oil companies too. Right, you got to. Yeah, you that gotta, was the Elizabeth Warren. She that's her pivot point. She goes there every time. Right, it doesn't there's, matter. There's that. Oh, oh, you cannot forget. It's our fault because we drive too much. That's right. Right, that's it. Yeah. Now, Stop driving. Democratic Senator Debbie Stabenow decided to dunk on all of us who can't afford a an electric vehicle during a hearing today. Here is what she had to say. Uh, about gas prices. I do have to say just on the issue of uh, uh, gas prices, after waiting for a long time uh, to have enough chips in this country to finally get my electric vehicle, I got it uh, and drove it from Michigan to here uh, this last weekend and went by every single gas station and didn't matter how high it was. And so I'm looking forward to the opportunity for us to move to vehicles that aren't going to be dependent on the um, whims of the oil companies and the uh, international markets oh well good for you 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 have an electric vehicle most people don't i have noticed something from some of the professional uh, chattering class on the left and it seems to be a coordinated talking point because they say i don't know why conservatives are going after people who own electric vehicles when they drop seventy thousand dollars on a new pickup like one Majority of people don't spend $70,000 on a pickup, okay? No. I have a pickup, and I did not spend anywhere close to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's just a lie to say that all these people are, are, are complaining about gas prices. Well, they're willing to drop $70,000 at F-150. No, that's a complete lie. But that, I guess that's what they're going with. I mean, I'm sorry, but there are a lot of people out there who are driving 15-year-old Corollas who are still struggling to fill up the gas tank. Well, sure. Yeah. Like, it, it, I, I don't know where they invent these things. It's basically, they, they create an argument in their minds and decide that's fact. And so if you are somebody who's not willing or doesn't have the money to buy an electric vehicle, then you're just one of these ritzy Republicans who is uh, buying a $70,000 pickup truck. That makes no sense. That is not the majority of people, not even close. And it's all to take your eye off the ball that you got these Marie Antoinette people in Congress who are saying, well, just buy an electric vehicle. Geez. I had a conversation with somebody the other day about this. They, they do drive an electric vehicle. But when they have to drive a long distance, they take the gas-powered vehicle because it's a pain to try to find somewhere to recharge. And it takes right. a while to recharge if you go all the way to empty. So... I I mean, it would be great if magically we could all have electric vehicles, although I, I can't imagine what that would do to the power grid. We already have concerns about that. Well, we have rolling blackouts going on this summer, right? Right. I mean, we already have I mean, concerns about that. So, no, yes. you're, not, you're not guaranteed to be insulated from the whims of fossil fuel markets if you have an electric vehicle because you could wake up one morning and find out, oh, well, my car didn't charge overnight because... Well, we flipped the switch because there was a crunch on the power grid. You know, it'd be nice to be able to get away from fossil fuels if you can, but that's not feasible right now. And it, it is amazing to me that the people who talk about the most about, well, needing to really understand what working people are going through have no idea what working people are going through. Of course not. Because well, working people don't show up to their cocktail parties unless they're one of the masked help. Yeah. That's it. Well. But the good news is that Putin's price hike, that it's not working. 
that talking point is just not working. But see, they retired it for a while, and then they brought it back. Yeah, they're they're bringing like, it back. Like if they say it again, people will believe it. Yeah. Uh, so on MSNBC of all places, and I think the reporter got a little surprised, but a reporter did a live interview with a dad. He's getting gas in Miami. Uh, just stops him on the street, says, hey, man, can you talk about gas prices a little bit? And here's how it went. They were actually surprised at how this went down. What do you think Americans are thinking right now? As they see these prices climb and climb, do you feel like there's a sense that there's someone to blame out there? If you had to blame anyone, could you? I don't like to get political, but I would say, you know, it starts from the top, president. Indeed. The fact that we are seeing gas prices impact people's pocketbooks so much right now, would that change how you're considering voting for the next election, whether it's congressional later this year or presidential a couple of years down the road? Definitely. Definitely. I just know that one administration had cheaper gas and this administration has more expensive gas. And this is a bottom line, strictly financial conclusion for you. I mean, it's a housing market. It's everything you previously mentioned. If, I mean, gas is a big part of it. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. If people are looking at their checking accounts and the numbers aren't adding up the way they used to. And I understand, again, because we're going to get the messages. The president did said gas price. We all know that. We all know that. Mm-hmm. But the president can do things that will help to lower it. Why isn't he out there demanding Congress pass a bill that would temporarily suspend the federal gas tax? Why isn't he doing that? Why, why isn't he going through the process of deregulating the oil and gas industry, cutting out as much red tape as possible? And if you do that, and then the oil and gas companies say, well, we're, we're still not going to drill because we're going to take advantage of historic prices, well, then you can make them the bad guy because then you'd be right. But until you're willing to take those steps, you can't blame it on Vladimir Putin and you can't blame it on just you know, people driving too much or whatever. It, well, I heard one, too, last night that was, you know, with the pandemic, the demand was so low. And, you know, people weren't producing as much oil. They cut back, and, you know, they haven't uh, they haven't upped that yet. And, you know, and then everything just exploded, and people started going places and doing things, and demand skyrocketed. And... All right. Again, there, there's, right. Some, there's an element of truth to that because there is, at yeah. one point, oil prices went upside down. You know, it's the, the joke was, uh, forget the oil, I'll take the barrel because right. it went negative because nobody yeah. was driving. So, yeah, they cut production back because demand was down so low. But as things have opened back up, everything that the administration has done has been against the idea of producing more oil, period. Yeah. You know, they're trying to do this whole use it or lose it thing with leases on federal lands. Well, again, if I'm sitting here and I know that I've got the rights to explore a plot of land, and there's a pretty good chance that in a year or so, the Biden administration is going to pull the rug out from under me. Why in the world would I be investing millions um, of dollars that's... for exploration and then go through all the all the process of getting drilling permits of all of that? I mean, this process takes time. And why would you do it if you know the federal government on a dime can turn around and say, well, AOC says we need to cancel the contracts. Yeah. <laughs> and we're, we're just going to do it. Yeah, And we're just going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre was on Good Morning America today and was asked a pretty softball question about guns, oh, and she boy. still couldn't answer it. Yeah. So really? this is a longer Surprise. clip. Okay. <laughs> but God. the question was basically, what can the president do to stop gun violence? 
Usually I like to edit down clips as much as possible because I know right. that attention spans wane. But you got to hear this. You've you got to experience it, right? You need this. the context for this, yeah. The, uh-huh. the, uh, so she rambles about visiting Uvalde and Buffalo and then gets to this point. You know, I had time with the president afterwards, and I and he is just as committed as he was when he was a senator. You talked about uh, 30 years ago, um, we, there was the uh, uh, the assault ban weapon in 1994 that that expired 10 years later. That the president uh, led on when he was then senator as vice president. Uh, he played a role uh, with dealing with gun violence uh, when he was uh, in office uh, with uh, President Obama, and now as president himself, he has taken on. Or he has signed uh, the mo- mo- most uh, executive actions uh, than any any other president at this time in, in in their term, and so he's this is a this is a priority for him. This is a very serious issue uh, for this president. But right now, we're watching what uh, Congress is doing. She's not good at this. Just wandering around. That's. <laughs> Just skipping through a meadow of words. This is just dropping marbles on the road in it, it, hopes that the guy is. following you trips on them. Right. I mean, that's, it's not even artistically done. It's just, ah, gosh, no. here are the marbles. Just. <laughs> Golly. She, but, wow, but, but a person of color, gay, yeah. yes. Yeah. And we were talking about this before the show, Scott. Like, they. You know that there are people in the administration who want her gone. Like, okay, oh, yeah. th- this is not working out. It's not good. She can barely get a sentence out. But they can't fire her. No. no. Holy mackerel. They can't fire anybody. They can't even have a talk with her about, well, for the good of the administration, would just step down? Because no. then all it takes is her resigning and then telling her story, and she, she right. can sell a million books. And it's not because of her incompetence. It's because she's... Yeah. A person of color and a lesbian. So right. that's why they fired her. Man, live that's by the... That's brutal, man. That is brutal. You know, you mentioned something earlier, and this is true. You know, as much as I dislike this person, there is an anxious... I get anxious, too. I get nervous when I hear Oh, my gosh. Start to wander away, you know, just... Yeah. In, into this... Flipping through pages, trying to find the correct answer yeah. to the question. I mean, it, it remarkable. Years ago, I worked with a guy who was fine delivering, you know, a written newscast. He was fine delivering it as long as it was written in front of me. He was good. But Lord help you if you were trying to learn information from him yeah. during a breaking news event because he could not could not get words out together. Not not slamming him personally. I like the guy, but no, but I know what you mean. It just yeah. was not good. No. And I would be anxious and would have my pedal to the floor going into the office if there was an event that I needed to oh, yeah. help cover because this guy couldn't get words out. And I, I, I get that same anxiety, like, oh, my gosh, you're just confusing people. Oh, my gosh, I don't know what you're saying. No. It's like you're dropping and, er, uh, er, er, you know. I do. I get I get very nervous. Yeah, I, I get I get very anxious too. Listening to her makes me anxious because it, honestly, it takes a whole lot of skill to put lipstick on that pig. So of the administration. Well, yeah. So, but the one about Lionhood, I mean, she could do it. Oh, about uh, Jen Psaki? Yeah, I mean, she could do it. <clears throat> oh yeah, she I, could. I I thought she was ridiculous. Yeah, but I mean, at least there wasn't that that wandering, meandering. I don't know what that is. Yeah, bowl of. 
garbage. Maybe man, Joe's senility is contagious or something. Yeah, maybe she's drinking out of his mug. That's, I don't know. That's Who the knows? real Havana syndrome right there. Right, exactly. <laughs> okay, uh, coming up, Democrats are really mad because Fox News isn't going to be carrying the January 6th committee thing live. Oh, God. <laughs> we'll get to that next. Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out today. He'll be back tomorrow. Uh, so Fox News is not going to air the uncut TV-produced January 6th committee hearing on Thursday because they recognize their audience and most of America doesn't care. That's right. I know. As much as you want to care, I want it to care. As much as you want America to care, and I mean those, the January 6th people out there who I hear from on a regular basis. That, what about January 6th? Right. No, they don't. They don't care. They don't care. That, and and Fox News knows this. They know their audience. Yeah. And and they like ratings. Yeah. And, and again, they they didn't say they weren't going to cover it if anything happened. They no. just said no. We're not going to take it live because we have a pretty good feeling that Tucker Carlson will get more viewers than this stupid thing. Yeah. <laughs> you, got, you got. So you got. Uh, former head of ABC News who's producing this for television. Which is incredible. This is the same guy that would have killed the Epstein story, by the way. Exact same guy. Remember that? Yes. The, the leaked video of yeah. the ABC News reporter talking about how they had the goods on Jeffrey Epstein and the higher-ups told her to not air the story. And part of it was because uh-huh. they wanted to protect the royal family because they wanted to produce the royal wedding stuff. So that same guy, right? That guy <laughs> is right. supposed to be is going to be uh, producing the TV for or the TV broadcast of this very serious moment. It's just it, it boggles my mind yeah. that you've got a real producer, TV producer, coming in to produce this thing. What's he going to do? I, I think mean, seriously, they is want it it, scripted. They want well, of course it's scripted. Is but Adam they, going over his lines right now? <laughs> Adam Kinzinger, yeah, oh, good guy. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, they're they they want to try to make the case that this is the most important thing. That's why they want it in a prime time slot. That's why they want it to look good on TV because they know the facts themselves won't do anything, won't move the meter. So okay, let's make this look like Dateline or whatever, right? So that maybe we can get some viewers on this and people will care. Uh, now, CNN's Jim Shudo spoke to a Democrat on that committee, Steve Cohen. Steve Cohen, by the way, he's the guy who showed up with a prop chicken to a hearing oh, to try guy. to say that yeah. former Attorney General uh, uh, Bill Barr was mm-hmm. uh, was a chicken. chicken. He, had a, yeah. he had a bucket of KFC and a, and a toy chicken, and he thought he had the upper hand there. He's an idiot. Uh, now, they both agree. You know, Fox News making the objectively right programming call is bad for America because it's like Russian state TV. Fresh takes from 2017. Significance of that in your view, and how can the committee, how can Democrats get through to a significant portion of the country with with the results of this investigation? 
It's going to be difficult. Uh, I, I know CNN is the new leadership is looking toward going toward more toward the middle and getting a broader viewership. But Fox has the predominance of, of Trump supporters and Republicans, and it's harder to get the news through Fox than it is to get it in Russia through uh, the Russian television. No, no, it's not. Hmm. The sad part is that people who watch CNN probably believe that, probably agree with that. But, you know, they, they freak out about how conservative media has such a huge audience, especially relative to CNN, which can't get a million viewers every night. Right. Um, and instead of actually assessing what is it that's not appealing about us, they say, well, that's basically Kremlin State TV. Uh, everybody else, you know, everybody loves me. What's the matter with you? They're singing that old song. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin show. Biggest story of the day, of course, is uh, the economy uh, right now. The economy is not working out for a whole lot of people. And the advice we're hearing from Democrats yet again is buy an electric vehicle. And now we've got the Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen, saying, well, you know, we probably could have used a better term than transitory to describe inflation. Boy, in hindsight, she's perfect. She's hitting a thousand, isn't she? <laughs> she really is. Holy she smokes. She's got that. I mean, she can't yeah. uh she can't call it ahead of time to save no. her life, but, but once she once she calls it, screws up, then she can backtrack on it. Secretary of hindsight is yeah. what she is. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You got that in your big trifecta. Top three yeah. stories of the day, according to Scott Robbins. That's coming up next. Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out today. Uh, well, the Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen, is testifying today talking about inflation. Now, remember, she was one of a couple of people who was talking about inflation being transitory. Joe Biden himself came out and said, uh, nobody's expecting this to really stick around. And yet it kept going up, kept going up. Gas prices kept going up, kept going up. And then they got a convenient scapegoat with the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And that allowed them to completely ignore that these things were happening before Vladimir Putin amassed any troops on the border with Ukraine. Uh, and now, though, the Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is saying, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe, maybe we used the wrong word when we said transitory and inflation. Captain Hindsight here. Uh, let's hear what she had to say. Um, both of us probably could have used a better term than transitory. There's no question that we have huge inflation pressures, that inflation is really our top economic problem at this point, and that it's critical that we address it. So um, I, do I do expect inflation to remain high, although I very much hope that it will be coming down now. I very much hope that it'll 
that it'll be coming down. Well, we all do. Yeah, we all do. I like how they're laser-focused and working nonstop on this. Yeah. What exactly does that mean? What are they doing? What levers are they pulling? What's left in the toolbox? What are specifically are you doing? Well, and, and everybody's working on something all the time. But at the same time, today, the Commerce Secretary, Gino Raimondo, said, uh, uh, no, there isn't anything we can do. No. So at the same <laughs> so, Right. It's throwing their hands up in the air. Up, up. So, no tools left. So you're supposed to believe that simultaneously there's nothing that the president can do, but he's laser focused on finding solutions. That's right. And no matter what you do, do not point the finger at him for any of it. No. He has no role in this. That's what yeah. that's what they're that's what they're asking you to believe. And they really think right now, Democrats really think that highlighting the riot that happened at the Capitol is going to salvage something. Well, that that's the hope, right? I mean, that's it. How? When they keep talking about, you know, you know, there's gun control conversations, and again, I, I think, look, every Republican ought to just walk away because you know the other side is not dealing in good faith. They don't even know what they're trying to regulate. They have no concept of it. So... I mean, today even, uh, Josh Hawley was stopped. He's a Republican senator. He was he was stopped in the hallways by CNN's, uh, what's his name, Manu Raju, little dude who walks around with a microphone. Oh, yeah. Seems to only want to ambush Republicans, but anyway, that's what he does. That's his job with CNN. Stops uh, Senator Hawley and says, why does anyone need an AR-15? And I know that... Senator Hawley wants to engage. I, I know that he wants to have a conversation. The appropriate response is the Second Amendment is not about need. We don't get to decide that. And then walk away. None of my business. Walk away. Why does somebody need an AR-15? Well, that's up to the person who's got the money squirreled away to go buy it. That's that's the only answer you have to give. I, I, I just hate seeing people on the defensive about this, right? you know, trying to play defense, trying to talk in a reasonable way with people who don't want to have a reasonable conversation. They've got no interest in it. So then just shut it down. Shut down the line of communication. Say, when you're serious about something, when you stop calling me pro-school shooting, when you stop telling me that better design of schools is something that could make our schools safer... When you stop telling me that that's a ridiculous idea, I mean, Pete Buttigieg yesterday said that the idea of hardening schools was insane. Well, no, it's not. When you stop doing that, then we can have the conversation about why somebody needs a particular weapon. Well, let's go down the list of things that people allegedly don't need. Right. Do you need a $300 million movie? No. Do you need a $40 million house? Do you need an $80,000 car? Well, no. Nobody needs it. No. But, but you're right, David, because the Second Amendment guarantees that. That's right. So it, see ya. So it's Bye. just walk away. Bye. See That's you later. It. None of my Here's business why somebody wants that gun. I uh, can't. I, right. All right. You ready? It's time for your big segment. Let's do it, man. Here Let's do it. Are you ready? It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. All right. Top three stories of the day, the trifecta with Scott Robbins. I'm sorry, but whenever Jamie's out, uh, contractually, I think it's just a weird bug in the system. Casey Kasem 
is not available today. Well, he's really friends with Markley. He's yeah. really he doesn't work unless Jamie's here. He, he tags along. He likes That's you right. enough, uh, but yeah, not but enough to show is, up. Yeah, no, not really. He, just, right. he comes along with Jamie only. Right, right, he does. Uh, okay, so let's start with number three. The White House is commemorating D Day. Well, they commemorated it last night, sort of at the eleventh hour. <laughs> Insane, right? I mean, a few days ago, we learned that the White House supposedly now has seventy. That's right, seven zero people on their staff to manage digital content. So yesterday, being D-Day, the 70 people on the staff who help create the uh, and manage the various accounts of the president and other government officials had neglected to even mention D-Day being yesterday. No statement, no nothing, nothing. They did the same thing last year. Then finally, at 8.40 last night, a statement came from <clears throat> Joe Biden, sure did. Yeah, right. Today we mark 78 years since D-Day and honor those who answer duty's call on the beaches of Normandy. We must never forget their service and sacrifice in defense of freedom. We must strive every day to live up to the ideals they fought so hard to defend. Good thing he got around to it eventually, Joe. <laughs> well, you know... I mean, these are, again, these are just these unforced, stupid errors, yeah. right? Yeah, but he's probably thinking, well, that was so long ago. I was only 35 <laughs> when the invasion of Normandy happened. Right. That's, that's a rough estimate of his current age, I think. He was courting his high school sweetheart. Right. At that time. Yes. Uh, number two in the trifecta, Scott Robbins' top three stories of the day. CNN is freaking out about the red wave coming this fall. This is kind of interesting. Uh, they have an analysis. Uh, this they, The claim now is this is the best the GOP has looked on the generic ballot since 1938, since before Joe Biden was born, and he's the oldest man in the world. <laughs> 1938, <laughs> right? Have you heard the audio of this? No, I haven't, but I'd like the, to hear it. So it's the, the Harry Entenen, is that the guy's name? Uh, Harry Entenen, yeah, he's a yeah, yeah. data analyst for yeah. CNN. And uh, I mean, there's parts of this where they where he actually sounds like like he's trying to talk the viewers off the ledge a little bit. Yeah, well, a little bit of sugar thrown yeah. in there, yeah. So basically, I took the best Republican positions on the generic congressional ballot at this point in midterm cycles since 1938, that generic ballot basically has... Uh, would you vote for the generic Republican or generic Democrat in your district? And guess what? Since 1938, the Republican two-point lead on the generic congressional ballot is the best position for Republicans at this point in any midterm cycle in over 80 years. Now, of course, the election is not being held tomorrow, and we'll see. Sometimes history isn't always prologue. But, but, my estimate for the 2023 House makeup if the election were held today, which, again, it isn't, we still have five months, five months from tomorrow, would be Republicans 236 seats to 241 seats, Democrats 194 to 199. Yep. Yeah, you're, you're looking at blowout territory here. Right, and if you're wondering to yourself, it's not even a cynical take, if you're wondering to yourself, what is the purpose of the January 6th hearings you're going to hear lots of uncover the truth and democracy is at risk. And this is really about trying desperately. This is the Hail Mary to try to somehow up up the poll numbers for the Democrat Party going into the midterms. Yeah. Let's be serious about this. That's all this is. Oh, yeah, of course. This is not the search for truth. 
No, the, the, this this is the this is all they've got. They got nothing else. That's why they well, abortion. They think they think they might have something with abortion. Yeah, they think they think abortion, guns, January sixth. That's it. Well, okay, and, and not necessarily in that order. Yeah, yeah. January sixth. No, people don't care. Again, when gas prices are where they are where they are right now, nobody cares about January sixth. Nope. Uh, when it comes to abortion, eh? Are people going to turn out in droves if the Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade? Probably not. No. Uh, and then gun control. Sorry, but thanks to Democratic policies, uh, there are more new gun owners right now than there have ever been in our nation's history. So congratulations, right. all you progressive DAs and mayors and all that stuff. The gun industry thanks you. Yeah. Because you've had oh, a yeah. lot of people saying, okay, the government, my city's not going to protect me. I got to do it myself. Yeah. I mean, I have to do it myself. And, and, that's not even a crazy venture anymore. That's just the absolute truth. Yeah. And then number one in the trifecta, Scott Robbins' top three stories of the day, Kyle Rittenhouse. I'm kind of I'm digging the story way too much. I his, know I am. His attorney, uh, they went on Tucker Carlson last night. Yeah. And they said they're going to go after some large defendants. Large defendants, including Zuckerbot. Oh, good. And and his ilk. He's first up. I mean, he's he he told he said that Rittenhouse was a mass murderer, proclaimed it Yeah, on, on his social media, that Kyle Rittenhouse was a mass murderer. So Rittenhouse was on Tucker Carlson talking about the legal action. Tucker said, well, what action specifically you're taking against the tech companies that made this defamation possible? Kyle responded, well, we're going to make the media pay for every single thing they did to me. Uh-oh. Get the checkbooks out. This is going to be a fun ride, man. And he's got the same. He's got uh, uh, Sandman's attorney, too. Oh, the second guy, not Lynn yeah. Wood. Yeah. Yeah, right. Because Lynn Wood. His, the sec- well, Lynn Wood. Yeah. Lynn Wood uh, allegedly took money from from Sandman and just sort of disappeared. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> But, yeah, I mean, Kyle Rittenhouse, he was he was tarred and feathered and convicted by the media. Yeah. I mean, I know people personally who still think he went there to go kill people. It's like, no, well, did you not see that? accountable now. <laughs> I mean, Kenosha, Wisconsin was burning to the ground. He had a connection to that city. And so he showed up and borrowed a rifle. And then a pedophile attacked him. And he shot him and killed him. You know, and this, and he's like, my life is, I can't go anywhere without bodyguards. Right. There's some places I get death threats constantly. I bet he does. Over and over and over again. These guys ruined my life. Yeah. That's that's one thing, man, that I think about. Uh, I, I know, you know, go get your money, dude. I, I hope he does. I hope he gets every cent he's entitled to from all of these media outlets and, and especially politicians who called him a white supremacist terrorist and whatnot. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, no, get your money. But for his sake, I, I hope that he does try to maybe keep a lower profile. Because there are a lot yeah. of people who are a lot of charlatans out there are going to take advantage of him. I agree. Um, and yeah, so be, be smart. Get he's got a decent lawyer. Yeah, um, that's out there, and they're going to get their money. And then you're right. Then you can uh, live the rest of your life as anonymously as possible. Yeah. But uh, as a as a quick reminder that you just can't go around saying stuff about people. No, you well you that can't. Is absolutely not true. You can't make it up. You can't. No. I mean, you can't just right. You can't. You can't attack an 18 year old. Well, you can make uh, some stuff up, like if you're a guy that thinks he's a woman and that sort of thing. Right, that's fine. Perfectly fine. (laughs) (laughs) We got Nimrods in the news coming up next. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show.
Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment. Pretty sure it's his birthday, huh? Well, I think I, you know, he's very he's, secretive about that. He's very funny about it. Yeah. Um, and I only, and I know this because of social media. It kind of, it does those flashback things, you know. Yeah. And one popped up from a couple of years ago. He and I did a, a, a banquet t- together at Rock Church, and uh, together. And anyway. While we were there, I took a picture, and that was from two years ago. And I realized that, well, that wasn't two years. Two years ago was not his birthday. It was just a picture of us together. Yeah. So anyway, I, I then I did some sleuthing and found out, yeah, that today is, in fact. Mm. I believe today is his birthday anyway. I think so. All right. I'm going to go with it, man. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that sounds right. Because he is. Because yeah. it was weird that he, he took today and, and didn't yeah. say anything, right? Which right. he doesn't do. So, anyway, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, oh, I just want to give out this news update. Uh, Republican leadership, Republican senators, representatives, whatever, this is how it's done. A Huffington Post reporter asked Senator Ron Johnson about waiting periods for gun sales to buyers under the age of 21. His response was, before we pass anything new, let's enforce the laws we already have. Let's start with Hunter Biden. That's how you do it. Wow, good answer. (laughs) Because he lied on a federal background check form. Yeah, good answer. Uh, He also, there's video that's now out where he's cavorting with a hooker who, by the way, got a pandemic business loan because she was the sole proprietor of her business. So Hunter Biden's hooker, he's hanging out with her, and he's holding a gun. He can't eat that. That's he was he was actively in the process of committing a couple of different crimes, and Joe Biden wants to lecture the rest of America about their personal gun ownership habits. Yeah. Give me a break. I agree. Always, always, always go on offense. Find a way to go on offense. Don't sit there and hem and haw. Well, you know, we got to think about. Uh, you know, what What about kids who go hunt? No, no, no stop. We're not going to pass any new laws until we start enforcing the ones we already have on the books. That's and right. by the way, let's start with the crackhead screw-up son of the president. I agree. Let's do it. That's and, and I saw, did you see the picture yesterday of him naked holding the gun? Yeah. Yeah, with hey. the hooker? Yeah. Yeah, terrible trigger discipline, too. Yeah, he had his In more ways than one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. Oh, oh, Nimrods in the News. We start off in Florida. A guy in Florida, 59 years old, Timothy Jones is his name, was released from prison last Wednesday. He served eight years in prison for a bank robbery in 2013. Well, guess what he did the day after he got out of prison? What was that? Tried to rob a bank. There you go. <laughs> and so, yeah, he's, 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 in, some, he's in some trouble here. Fantastic. That is, that is your Nimrod in the News.